Hey Sans, Vaisan, it's Jürgen Sonberg here with the Employer Branding Podcast. Brought to you by Link Humans, your favorite employer branding agency. This week is all about building your employer brand through the voices of your employees. Let's start the show. Phil Strazula, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Very good, thanks. Right, so I'll be looking at your LinkedIn profile today and your headline reads, Helping HR Become Marketers. How exactly do you do this, Phil? Yes, sir. So I founded a company called Next Wave Hire when I was getting my MBA over here in Boston at Harvard Business School. And we offer a software solution suite that allows your typical person in talent acquisition or HR to really supercharge the way that they think about attracting and converting applicants through using tactics that a marketer would use. Um, So things like content marketing, better landing pages, better analytics, uh, drip marketing, kind of nurturing for those passive candidates, more social distribution, the list goes on and on. But essentially, what we're trying to do is take all those things that sales and marketing has figured out that works for attracting and converting prospects and translate them to talent acquisition because we think that there are a lot of really strong analogs between the two. So essentially, you're talking about recruitment marketing? Yeah, there you know, there's a lot of words out there: recruitment, marketing, yeah. and branding, talent branding. Um, and I think you know people have different definitions of all these different things. But generally speaking, that's kind of the space that we're in, and, and that's what our software is, is built around. Okay, and uh, so we want to talk about employee authored content today. And uh, first of all, what is employee authored content? So, in my opinion, employee authored content is. Every- Everything from somebody having a conversation in a bar with their friend about working at the company to somebody posting something on Glassdoor, writing a blog post on an employee blog, Snapchat, kind of you name it. It's basically any sort of information offline, online that's generated that that talks about working at the company. And uh, why is it important to, to the actual employer? I think I know the, the answer to this, but give, us, give it to us anyway. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, employees don't matter. Trick question. No. Yeah. Um, look, like, like your, so it, I think about the definition of employer branding in two parts. One is, what do people think it's like to work at your company? The second is, what is it actually like to work at your company? And I think that employee author content has implications for both. We're probably going to talk more about the former part of that definition and, and what people think it's like to work at your company. Um, but if you think about um, from that perspective, obviously your employee voices are informing the world about what's it like to work at the company. And they're doing that on Glassdoor. They're doing that in one-on-one conversations. Maybe they're doing it in more formalized um, sorts of places that you're curating like a blog or a Snapchat channel or what have you. Um, and so it, it's imperative to sort of understand that trend and, and draft on it um, to make the most of it, because this is the way that you're going to be able to attract and convert talent. And there's a couple of different reasons why employee voices, in my opinion, are the most important aspect of your employer brand. Um, if you look at the Edelman Trust Survey, so Edelman's this consulting firm that kind of focuses on trust 
there is some data that says that your employees are more trusted than marketing, recruiting, C-level, or the company itself. And so we look at employee voices as trusted sources of information as outsiders. Employees also have really in-depth content. So I think it's something like um, 68% of folks in talent acquisition don't truly understand all the roles that they're recruiting for. And it's not surprising, right? Because if you're recruiting for 10 different roles, are you really going to understand the ins and outs of all those different roles? Probably not. But guess who does? The employees. And so if we can leverage their voices to get at the specific pieces of information that candidates care about and get that information in the right places, then that's huge in terms of attracting converting talent. I think what's also true about this employee thing is that it scales. Um, so talent acquisition is only so many people within an organization, but employees, you know, make up the rest, right? They make up the entire organization. There's so many more voices. And if we can do employee author content in a way that gets the right information in a scalable way, distributes it in a scalable way that makes it fun, easy, and aligns incentives, that's huge. That is the biggest marketing channel that any company could ever have. And then I think, you know, kind of lastly here, Getting back to that second part of the employer branding definition in terms of, you know, what's it look at the company? There are a lot of insights that you can glean from what people are saying about the business. And many times when companies start thinking about their EVP and that outside facing thing, they start with, let's do some employee focus groups and let's sort of like transform that message into something that is easily digestible, et cetera, kind of like a marketing type of message, um, which I have. Uh, opinions, but I won't get into them now. But essentially, like those, you know, the outputs of those focus groups or the outputs of your glass door reviews or the non-anonymous content that's going on all over the place, that informs the second part of that definition, which is what's it actually like to work at your company. And and therefore it's super important because we always want to create an awesome place to work for the right person that kind of gets our goals accomplished as a business. So are you saying that this um, the, the employer-authored content is somewhere in between the, you know, the grassroots approach, which is Glassdoor, everyone's a publisher, and what comes out of, uh, I guess, the employer branding department, which would be a day-in-the-life type of content, you know, uh, high, highly well-produced videos and so on? Yeah, I, I, think it, I think it spans the whole spectrum my philosophy is that, you know, a lot of times what comes out of the kind of polished production quality, what's it like to work in the company, should actually be more the raw information. I think that the reason that people go to Glassdoor, despite understanding that some of the content is quite biased, is because it is that raw, unfiltered information that you can sort of interpret as a person and understand better what, what it's like to work at the company. Um, and, and I think that in many cases, companies would be well served to do something similar on their own websites. Um, we've actually just started this new experiment, which has proven to be really successful, where we essentially host uh, chats, where one of our employees will talk about a particular project that they worked on. So maybe an engineer talking about how they just used Python to do some um, web scraping or just generally, you know, what's it like to be an engineer, account executive, whatever at our company. 
and it's it's a pretty raw chat like it's not it's not filtered um there's not a lot of moderation the answers aren't perfect but i think that that sort of transparency um it really resonates with people and that's the sort of thing that helps us to attract and convert talent and so this chat sits on your website so it's not on a tweet chat or anything yeah yeah, exactly. So it, it's well, within the kind of careers area. Okay, interesting. Because I was just about to ask this employee authored content. Where does where do we find it? Is it on social, mobile, video, or website? All of the above. Yeah, I, I think it's all of the above. Um, I, you know, realistically, each company has to figure out where they want to focus and why. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, maybe it's a campaign to drive awareness within a, an, uh, a, a local region. And it may make sense to do offline meetups where your employee author content is, um, you know, having 30 people over to your office for beers and just sort of like talking about what's it like to work at the company or maybe doing, you know, some sort of like speaking engagement, whatever, or maybe it's, you know, we're a nationally or internationally known company and just brand awareness is huge for us because we know we're going to be able to leverage it across a huge swath of jobs and geographies. And therefore, let's do Instagram, let's do Snapchat, let's do a hashtag. Um, so I think that it can be everything and anything in between. And it's really up to the company what, what they're comfortable with to an extent, but also what their goals are and aligning those goals with their actual strategy right yeah okay and so we look at um, having success with this do you have a fill some magic recipes like a step-by-step uh, guide to having <laughs> success with uh, yeah basically just getting your employees to be the voices to build a brand yeah we do actually <laughs> we we uh, you know we we kind of uh, we have like a pretty robust onboarding process with our customers to make sure they're su- successful. Um, and, you know, to, to give you like a stat on success, we just had this customer sign on with us. It's a, it's a 400 person company, not huge. And within the first hour, they had a hundred pieces of employee content, which is just crazy. Like just within one hour, literally. Um, and, and the, the onboarding process, I'll, I'll try to summarize it is something to the extent of let's get buy-in. Um, and hopefully buy-in from the sea level where it's like, hey, culture is another weapon in our war for talent. We can use this to build our brand, to get the right people in um, and really share what it's really like to work at our company. And getting that buy-in then translates at the high level to the employee level where the message might change a bit to really sharpen what's the business case? Why are we doing this? Why do employees have to do this? Like, why, why am I taking my time out of my day to do this? Well, it's because you're special. It's because you know what you do better than anybody else because we want more awesome people like you. We're going to make you feel good about this thing. So it's kind of like aligning that incentive. It's making it super easy. I think some of the pitfalls companies run into, uh, for example, I've seen a lot of companies with employee blogs that die over time because they're asking employees can you write 500 to 700 words about, you know, what you do with the company? And people are just like, oh, gosh, you know, like, what do I write? How do I structure it, et cetera, et cetera. Most people aren't great content creators, but 
if you give them questions that they've probably already been asked when they're interviewing somebody or at, you know, that conversation at the bar with their friend and you allow them to answer them in really easy ways, like on their phones or with, you know, quick videos or with pictures, that means that the, um, the barrier to, to create that content goes way, way down. And somebody in 10 minutes can answer five different questions in a really in-depth way and share information that is not necessarily going to get out there about most companies. Um, so that's, that's sort of like the start of the playbook. And then from there, once we collect all this information in the right way, we then have to think about, okay, where do we want to distribute this? And for us, we know that from the, you know, the research that talentboard.org has done and, and other organizations, your careers page is basically the most important place to share your EVP, to share what's like to work at the company. And so for us, the number one place that we put content is on the career site. And that could mean rebuilding the site. That could mean creating a culture site. It could just mean enhancing existing pages. But it really has to be there so that we can get it in front of the right audience. And then, of course, your other kind of places that you're trying to build um, awareness, and that could be LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, maybe you're paying for a Glassdoor profile, basically all the different places where candidates are going to interact with this and uh, kind of mapping it to the candidate journey for your individual roles in, in your company. So all these pieces of content, so let's, so let's say these 400 uh, people strong company that uh, you started working with. So you had a hundred pieces of content. Um, who then decides, you know, the, I like the look of these pieces. These ones should probably not be shared because they're politically incorrect and so on. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a great question. I think we, we all live in the age of glass door and there's a visceral reaction for many people in talent acquisition. When you mention the name glass door, yeah. um, I think the, the reality is that, so within our platform, you can approve the content before it goes live. And in fact, you have to approve it before it goes live. I think the stat is 98.5% of content is approved. And usually if it's not, it's maybe somebody who rambled a bit on a video or maybe just wrote something that was like very grammatically incorrect. And it was like, okay, this, this doesn't really make any sense. Very, very rarely um, do you find companies that or, or I'm sorry, employees that are looking to rant and rave about their boss in that sort of format. Um, I think that, you know, the glass door is almost designed in, in some ways to sort of like collect that sort of information, which in many ways is helpful for candidates to understand, understand that side of the business as well. But in my experience, I've found very few um, times when this has sort of backfired. And um, I think a, a great example of this, and I know this is a question that you wanted to get to later on, is like what, what companies are doing this well. Um, one is Cisco. So Cisco has a really great Snapchat channel. They get a ridiculous amount of views. I forget the exact numbers, but it, it's something massive. And this is a fairly new initiative. And my understanding is that when they first started doing this, you know, they were very, very selective about who they would let take over the Snapchat channel for the day. And that's the way that program works is each day somebody gets to be the person who controls the Cisco Snapchat. And they've never really had a problem. Um, and at first it was like, oh gosh, like what if somebody does something really inappropriate? Well, I guess it's on Snapchat, so it'll go away really quickly. So we're not taking that big of a risk. 
but they've just kind of like built this audience and seen, it sounds like a huge ROI, um, especially considering Snapchat is free from doing this and they haven't had a problem with somebody getting on there and saying something inappropriate. Yeah, and I think it, that's, it goes uh, with trusting your employees, uh, I, I guess. And I did speak to Carmen Collins, who heads up talent brand at Cisco, about this initiative uh, back in yeah. last year. And uh, I think that the team is called the Rainbow Kitten Unicorns and uh, made up of people who are using Snapchat themselves anyway. So, so they kind of right. need the platform uh, and they just, yeah, they just gave them the keys and... Uh, yeah, alternating days and so on. Yeah, and it's definitely worked. Uh, it's interesting you mentioned ROI there, because so that's my next question. How do we measure ROI on uh, on the yeah, the voices of our employees? Yeah, so I think there's two main drivers here. Um, one is getting more people into the funnel. So if you think about like a platform like ours, one in one sense we're distributing content. We are distributing it to social, to talent communities, et cetera. And so we're essentially tracking the incremental clicks that we're getting to our careers page and then following them down through the hiring funnel. And so we're, we're looking at that almost as like a source of uh, traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, the other is, and, and then obviously we, we ascribe a value to you know an applicant or hire and then relative to what our cost is there. The other way that we're ascribing value. And and I think this is something that many people outside of marketing don't understand is around conversion. So think about the typical careers page for every hundred people that go there, 10 people apply. That's great. 10% conversion, um, fairly standard. If we can increase that conversion rate by 1%, that decreases our cost per applicant by 10% which is huge. So if your our typical cost per applicant is 10 bucks, we just lowered it to $9.1. And if you multiply that by the number of applicants that you get in a given year, that's probably a very, very large number in terms of savings. And the way that this works is the person who comes to our career site now, because we have all of these beautiful, interesting employee stories, hopefully organized in a way that's that's manageable for somebody to actually navigate, they have a higher chance of actually saying, you know what, this is a company that I want to join, and therefore I'm going to click to leave my resume here and go through the apply cycle. And that is something that drives in a tremendous amount of ROI. It's something that if you look at the marketing world, that's what A-B testing, that's why A-B testing exists is because we know that if we change this one little button from red to green, we're going to get 0.01% more people to go click on that. And that, you know, translates into 2000 bucks a day or whatever. Um, that's basically the same sort of logic that carries through on the conversion math. And so um, that's the other big way to measure your ROI. Of course, in many cases, what we find is that the people who are in talent acquisition don't necessarily have access to that data. They obviously have access to the ATS and how many people apply, but probably there's like a layer of Google analytics that's controlled by marketing. And, you know, of course that's another advantage to using a platform like ours and that we're going to give you that information, but it's really key to understand, okay, you know, 10,000 people went to our careers page last month and a thousand people applied this month. 1,100 people applied after we added this employee author content, 
And guess what? The people who applied are actually more qualified because they were the people that need to be convinced. The people who were applying previously are just the people who are applying for jobs and they're applying for every job out there. But those 100 incremental people or that 1,000 incremental people that applied because we convinced them, they're actually higher quality applicant and therefore the, um, the value that we ascribe to them is, is even higher than our typical applicant. So that's how we think about ROI. Okay. Yeah. I, I also find that uh, it often falls back on the sophistication of uh, the ATS and uh, yeah, the internal, yeah. internal measurements for sure. Okay. Right. So give us an example of a company that we all know and uh, respect that's doing this right. Yeah. So I, I think Cisco is an example of a company that is doing this right. I think their Snapchat is actually pretty awesome. Um, I, I'm not like a Snapchat user, but I actually follow it <laughs> and I, yeah. and I, I like what they're doing there. Um, I think that the, um, the, the case study that I love honestly is the U S military. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was from a couple of years ago. There's a really great blog post on this. Uh, we've linked to it from our resources page on our website, but basically it was the height of the Iraq Afghanistan wars recruitment was down, people weren't signing up anymore. You know, that initial burst after 9-11 kind of went away of patriotism. And it was like, how do we get more people to become soldiers? And this guy, David Lee, he basically put out a call and he said, hey, I want you to submit stories from the front. And they couldn't send cameras to Iraq. It was too dangerous. It was too expensive. And they basically had people like take videos on their phones and submit like little letters and I think they got over a thousand stories and, um, I don't know the exact number, but their, their recruitment numbers went through the roof because people were going to this website and they, there was just that personal humanizing connection with what was going on over there, why it was important, what it's like to do this job. And they were able to turn that deluge of stories into more and more applicants Um, And I think that if the U.S. military can do this, like one of the most bureaucratic organizations in the world, and they can do this in a way that doesn't violate security, I think they never changed a single story that was submitted, which is crazy. Um, People were just submitting these on a form. They never had to change anything. There was no sort of security issues, even though a war was going on. And if they can turn that into a positive ROI in a time where it wasn't that attractive to go and join the military. That just speaks volumes about the power of these individual personalized stories. Well, very powerful. Great. Okay. So final question, what's the the next big thing in in this uh, space, you think? That's a really good question. Um, I think that basically the, the bet we're making is that there is going to be almost like an operating system for your employer brand that is very much based around the idea that employees are your best brand ambassadors. And it's going to be holistic. It's not going to be um, you know, one solution that does your careers page and one solution that does your talent community and one solution that does your analytics and your employee advocacy, et cetera. These are all interrelated and they should all be managed kind of in one place. 
And the companies that understand this and get this are going to have a massive advantage in the war for talent for the foreseeable future. Because as we all know, these sorts of trends take a lot of time, especially in um, the world that we're in, in HR, which is sometimes very admittedly behind the times a bit. So that's kind of what we think. Technology is going to play a much larger role, whereas in the, in the past it was more, you know, maybe somebody on a one-off basis saying, hey, let's create like this really fun video about our next company outing or, hey, let's start a hashtag on Twitter. Um, it's going to be a much more comprehensive strategy and it, it's going to be driven by technology as, as well as really smart um, strategists at, at agencies. Great. Okay. Right. So where can our listeners connect with yourself and where, where can they learn more about uh, yeah, Next Wave Hire as well? Yeah. So if you go to nextwavehire.com, that's our website. It's pretty easy to, to find that sort of stuff. Um, if you Google Phil Next Wave Hire, that's probably the easiest way to, to find me since my last name is a little bit confusing and, and hard to spell. Um, and uh, yeah, I would love to connect on you know LinkedIn, Twitter, shoot me an email, phil at nextwavehire.com if you want to chat about this stuff. Um, no matter kind of what, what stage you're at, we're just sort of like employer branding nerds and, and like to have the conversation. And you're a blogger on Undercover Recruiter as well, aren't you, Phil? I sure am. Yes. Uh, undercover recruiter. Um, I feel like sometimes I'm a professional writer. <laughs> I want to like email my old high school English teacher and say, hey, I'm glad I paid attention in that class because um, I feel like every every week we're, we're writing new things, um, which is exciting and interesting. And it's a great way to, to share ideas in addition to a format like this, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time, Phil. Thank you. Yeah, enjoy the rest of your day, everybody. Okay, I hope that was useful. Everything Phil and I discussed will, of course, be in the show notes article, and you will be able to find this at employerbrandingpodcast.com. Now, did you know that here at Link Humans, we run Social Media London? Yep, it's the UK's largest social media community. If social is your bag, check out the weekly tweet chats at 11 a.m. UK time every Tuesday. You'll find it by just clicking on the hashtag SMLondon on Twitter. So 11 a.m. every Tuesday UK time. Just tune in on SMLondon and uh, you'll be exposed to lots of interesting topics and practitioners in their social space. Finally, do you want to learn more about Link Humans or if you have any questions around employer branding, feel free to email me at jorgen at linkhumans.com. And that is it for this week. Many thanks for tuning in and I look forward to catching up with you next time. Hey, do